I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 110, and uh, a lot of great feedback on the Chris Pronger episode we put out Friday. We'll, uh, we'll find the right time this week to put out episode, part two um, of the Chris Pronger episode, but a lot of great feedback on the part one. That was a great conversation we had. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. JR is going to join us uh, shortly, as I know you know, and I know everybody knows because they clicked on it. It says JR, so if he's not on with us now, he'll eventually be on. But uh, he's got a busy day too. Can't wait to chat with him about the playoffs. But what I what I find hilarious is you get you and I get on the phone today, and you're talking or the Zoom here, and you're talking about wonder wishing to be able to run a marathon. I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Well, that all stems from you're complaining about how much your body hurts. And you're like, I wish I was able to run a marathon. You don't think I want to run a marathon? I'm like, you actually yeah, it's, marathon. You know, like, you I could. mean, a lot of days I wake up, it's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm discouraged, to be honest with you. You know, it, um, the toll that my body has taken, I, I didn't realize it when I was younger. Um, but I certainly realize all of the things and the decisions that I made throughout my, you know, even going back to like when I was playing junior B at 15, even going back to that time, you know, I played, um, played 20 plus years, you know, 20, 22, 23 years of, of hockey um, 16 at the pro level and a lot of decisions made that I wish I could do over, you know, the, uh, we, we talk about the old school mentality, you know, the tough guy, you know, I'm going to play with a broken uh, hand. I'm going to play with a broken foot. I'm going to play with a hurt, this, a hurt that. And you just end up making it worse and worse and worse. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the season, you're, you're going in for a surgery. And it seemed like every year I was going in for a surgery. Yeah, but I thought that was a badge of honor, Craig. I thought playing hurt. And- oh, yeah. Super badge of honor. And, and it was back then. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Um, but it's, it's some stupid-ass decisions that I made to keep myself in the lineup. And um, I'm What's hurting for it, today? Though. Like, for well, instance... Well, you know, I... So, you know, I told you a little while back that I had a second surgery on my right knee that I've had problems with for, for years because I had a surgery, you know, 15 years ago on it. And then, uh, it had some nerve damage going on and the whole shooting match the one where you uh, were back playing within like six days or something. Well, you know, listen, I mean, I, <laughs> you were on the ice in like a week. Yeah. You I had a simple, I had a simple meniscus meniscus tear. It was a, it was a simple surgery. It, it It's a surgery that requires, um, six weeks recovery. And I played on day 13 guys. Couldn't be- I remember the guys were like, what the fuck is going listen, on? I mean, why is he playing? Drugs are a wonderful thing when you are in that situation because I didn't feel the pain at all during the game. I felt like I was Superman until after the game when the meds wear off and you deal with uh, extreme pain, um, you know, for that night and, and the next day and you take care of yourself, but then you're back on the ice and I had to deal with that for, you know, a couple months when I was here in Buffalo and it just, uh, the, things like these, like I broke my wrist, I broke my wrist, um, in, in, uh, an exhibition game at the start of the season in Montreal. I can't remember how old it was probably around 25, 26 broke my wrist. They told me that I needed to have a surgery and I said, great. Okay. Let's go and have the surgery. And they said, no, we don't want you to have the surgery. You're going to play. We're going to make you a fiberglass cast that can go on and off. You can take it on and off. We're going to make you a fiberglass cast. I had 30% motion in my wrist because of the cast. So I couldn't even move my wrist. And they told me, they said, just play with it as, as long as you can. And when you look back at it, you can play through anything because like I said before, when you take the drugs that you need to get through an entire year, I ended up playing the entire year. I hurt that wrist and I am not kidding you. I wish there was, I wish I could sit there and go back and watch the games and watch me on the bench because I remember hurting that almost every game of the entire year. And there was pain shooting through my arm. I would go back to the bench. I would need about five minutes. And then I was just right back on the ice again. And uh, where it was a very simple bone break turned into at the end of the year, because I played the entire year with it, I tore all of the ligaments around the bone and broke the bone in half. So had to go in and have that redone, which, you know, took much, much, much longer than what it should have. 
if I would have had the surgery and the proper decision right away. So, I mean, there's just, there's the mentality. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the mentality in sports is completely, completely off its rocker. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is just, and I don't even want to, I don't want to just focus on hockey because it's not just hockey. I think football is probably 20 times worse than hockey. Okay, because you have a bigger, you have bigger rosters, more injuries, and you know, right? I mean, it's yeah, like, and I'm not even, ta- I'm not even talking concussions. Let's not even put that aside because that's 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 an endless conversation. That number one doesn't get enough focus. Number two, it just you can go a million different ways with it, but it's not even guys at the pro level or at the t- highest level. That's the amazing thing about it is that. I was very fortunate. I had injuries. I have had back surgery. I've, I know I play with a broken foot. I have broken my hands. I've, you know, like I've, I've had those injuries and yes, I've, my shoulders, I've popped them too. And I have some knee problem. I mean, but it's like, you know, my hip is starting to hurt. <laughs> and now that I'm, I'm just, I'm saying it, it sounds worse, but I could be in a lot worse shape at 42 than than you were at 42 or my brother who never yeah. played a game in the NHL which is, side note is a complete crime but that was the time but like he was a I hate this term but we use it so loosely in hockey and sports warrior he was a warrior shot blocker hitter yeah like and you know what the thing was he played that way because Eric Lindros was the big influential player coming up when Jeff was a, a young teenager. So everybody want that was the way you were supposed to play. Jeff was not built that way. Jeff was like six feet, six, one, 175, 180, speedy. You know what I mean? Like that was, yeah. but because of the, of what was required at the game at the time, he played the style of player that he played against. Right. And he played physical. He wasn't afraid to fight. I mean, no, he was willing to fight. He fought a lot. I mean, the guy is like every day there's a there's pain every single day hip yeah. shoulder knee groin it does like and my point is is that like it's it's all about the losing your position it like you playing staying in your lineup like the the mindset in sports is so it's so messed up but yeah. but well, to, listen, the I point mean, is I, I that, look at myself now and my first surgery that I ever had was in 1999, where I had a double labrum tear. And I remember coming out of the surgery. I, I still remember this, where the, the, the doc came in for, for Montreal, and he was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic, this guy. He did a great job on this shoulder. And he looked at me, and he's like, Craig, he goes... I haven't seen a shoulder that banged up. He goes, your shoulder cap, your shoulder bone literally looked like someone was taking a chisel to it. There's chips all over it. He's like, I cleaned it all out, but he goes, there's looks like someone took a chisel to your shoulder. And, um, a sculptor. Yeah. I mean, 20, what is that? 33 years later. No, that's not right. 23 years later, um, 
you know, my shoulder. I was on the go- listen. So this is this is where I'm at. This is this is why I I brought this up to you this morning. So I'm on the golf course the other day. This is like this is like f- four or five days ago. I'm on the golf course. Um, we just finished nine. We're at the uh, we're at the clubhouse getting a, getting a cocktail. Okay, and I'm just about to go and and make my drive on hole ten, and my shoulder pops out, just falls out. So now it happens all the time. It's not a big deal. I just so you go, you walk over and do the old uh, no. I sergeant it, it usually happen. It usually happens on the ice, hammered against it, the wall, lethal weapon style. No, I I pull the boards. I pull the boards, and it just seems to kind of pop pop back in. So now I don't have any boards to grab. So I ask one of the guys I'm golfing with. I said, I shake his hand. I said, give me your hand. I shake it. I squeeze it. I said, lean back now, lean back and pull. So now I reach my arm out. He leans back and his eyes were like, what the hell? <laughs> Cause he can feel it go back in. It was oh, awesome. That's disgusting. So, that's disgusting. So that happens on the golf course, finish, boom, shot clock. Everything's fine. Now I'm rushing home because my, my daughter's got a soccer game. So I end up going get my wife takes my daughter to the soccer game. I go to the gas station. I walk to get a propane tank and I hit a little crack in the driveway at the gas station and I roll my left knee, which is my good knee. <laughs> and I and I feel a pop. So now it's like I haven't been able to bend my knee for 4 days. Come on. And that's my good one. That's my good knee. Oh, if there are any lawyers listening, do we have a lawsuit? Yeah, right. No. Well, they'll do. They'll claim, uh, they'll claim an old hockey injury is the reason why. And, you know, his body's frail and it's just a crack and you'll lose the case. Waste of time on legal fees. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe you got something there, though. If any attorneys are listening, do we, do we have a lawsuit? Do we have a lawsuit? Um, no. And what I was saying before is like, it, it's, it's, it's so many players though. Like there are so many guys that just never even played in the NHL that are dealing with this. Like, like JR's body. I mean, I'm sure he'll be happy to chime in on this. He must be broken as broken gets the way he played, how many games he played and the style he played. He wasn't huge, you know? No, no. Back in, back when he played, he was probably, 180, 185 pounds, maybe, but he threw his body around with reckless abandon. And, um, it, it takes its toll. It, it that's all I'm saying. I, I don't want this to be the, the Debbie Downer, uh, episode, uh, but you know, it's just, uh, with, you know, both my shoulders, my knee, my wrist, my, uh, you know, hernia, you know, I broke my cheekbone. I told you that story. That was the worst. That was one of the worst experiences ever because I broke my cheekbone. It was literally crushed and it was dislocated. So the bone, one of the bones was sticking out of the corner of the underneath my eyeball. And, uh, when I, when I got in that fight, who was that against? That was against, um, he's a tough customer, but, uh, 
uh, right-handed, uh, right-handed defenseman from Calgary. Not, not a fighter. Per oh, se, I know who but, he is. Uh, I know. Uh, 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 I know uh, Morris. Derek. Yes, Morris. Derek Morris. Right, man, really good defenseman. Oh, tough yeah. kid. No, not he was. He was one of the most undercover, tough players in yeah. the history of the game. Undercover. Okay. Yeah. He was well. Anyway, it was it, you know we're in the saddle dome and things got completely out of hand and I ended up grabbing him and I threw twenty punches. It was looked fantastic, not a big deal. Was spanking him, but he threw one punch, and little did I know that he had a uh, boxer's uh, cast on where you're taping up the entire wrist and stuff. And he hit me with just a short little jab. It wasn't even hard, but he jabbed me and crushed my cheekbone and it broke in, in four different spots and kind of turned a little bit where the, the piece under my eye was kind of like sticking out of my eye. You can, you could see the bump sticking out of my eye. So when I went to the box, when I went to the penalty box, I knew right away there was something wrong. Like, really wrong. But, again, the mentality of a stupid hockey players is you're going to go to the box. You're going to deal with that five minutes or whatever it is. You, you're gonna sit the, the you went to the penalty box? I went to the penalty box. And my head felt like I was just in outer space. It was throbbing pain. Like, I can't even tell you. Oh and I just sat in the God. box. And the funny thing is, Aaron Asham, who is on our team, got in a fight right after I did. Skates to the box, sits down beside me. The fans are going absolutely apeshit. I look over at Ash and I said, Ash, is there something wrong with my eye? And I point to my eye and he looks at me and goes, oh, my God, Riffs, what the hell? I'm like, what? He goes, oh, my God, you got to go off the ice. I'm like, no, I'm not leaving until the, my, my penalty's up. You're a fucking idiot. So I sit in the box. Oh, my God. With a crushed my, fucking cheekbone. So I skate across the ice. I wave to the trainer. I just give him the old, come here. And I walk straight down the hallway, straight into our dressing room. I turn. I look at him. I'm like, my face is completely mangled. So he's calling the doctors in this, that, and they're like, are you panicking? Like, can you feel it? No. It's it, I knew it was completely crushed. Oh my God. Oh, and my head was just so throbbing and just, it, it was kind of like I was probably in a bit of shock, but yeah, whatever. I were in shock. Jesus. So the crazy part about it is they said, you can have the surgery here, but you're like, you got to be in the hospital for like days after this type of surgery. Right. So I elect to fly home on a red eye. <laughs> no pun intended. You probably had a red eye. I got first class. I was the very first seat on the plane. I had two seats and, and, and the stewardess were absolutely fantastic and they How just swollen did your face oh my get? god I like that thing must have ballooned up i had ice on my face those women kept on bringing me ice bags for five hours okay 
I got home and I remember being picked up at 5.30 in the morning from my wife and we drove directly to the Montreal General and I had a surgery an hour and a half later and reconstructed uh, the whole the whole shooting match. Played next game? Um, I did not. I had to wear a, I had to wear a bubble for, uh, for a month, which was, uh, which was interesting, but, uh, yeah, I mean, these are, these are that just is, the things that's so, and the funny thing is God. my left eye, my left and eye, Rip, can, this is, this is why I never complain. I never complain because my brother who is in pain daily, who, you know, like, and then you who are, who's in, I'm surrounded by guys that are completely like just mangled. Mm. And I like, and I, so I just, I do not, I do not complain when I have a sore shoulder or sore wrist. Cause it's, it's, yeah. it's completely tolerable. Like it's not debilitating my back, my, but my back has been bad for 22. I mean, I had back surgery a month before my 20th birthday. I mean, so I played my whole career with, no disc, <laughs> no disc between yeah. my, my L L four five, but you know, so, but I mean, but it's still, it's not as I have my, yeah. every six months I got to be careful. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For when I sneeze, but it's like I'm in nowhere near land. I am nowhere near yeah. what you and, and other guys other guys deal with and not just uh, any i i sympathize and empathize but sympathize more for the guys in the minor leagues you know all the way all the minor leagues east coast league united league central league because you know like you're sitting there and and i'm just like i literally think to myself what the fuck are you doing like I'm not better than I'm not saying it as an elitist who played in the NHL. I'm not saying fear of losing your job. It's like what are that to me is ever was was ninety five percent of it. But that's yours. I'm talking about them. Those guys that are like killing themselves for 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 hot for you know. for money they could be making at, uh, you know, a normal job, you know what I mean? And like starting their life at 20, yeah, but a, a normal job is scary to these guys. You got to understand a lot of these guys that are coming from Ontario. Okay. Or, or Quebec or, you know, out West, you have any player that's coming from Canada. If you're a top player, 
you're essentially graduating high school and then you're going straight to pro hockey. So you're leaving, you're, you're going to the next level. You're going to pro hockey. A lot of these guys, I played with many, many, many players that did not get their grade 12 diploma. I, the guys that did get their diploma ended up going to the minors with, with a grade 12 education. Now, a lot of these players, a very, 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 very high amount of players never make the NHL, never make money, okay? And, and for me, when I look at this, you know, they're, they're scared to go into real life because they don't have Who's any scared? Education. I'm not scared. There JR, he is. JR joining the show. Uh, but Riv and I are just talking about, you know, we started off talking about how shitty his body feels lately, you know, guys playing hurt and we were talking about injuries and all that stuff. And now we're just talking about, you know, I, I was saying you guys are talking about this. I can't even believe you're talking about this because I just played in a, in a, in a charity hockey tournament, alumni hockey tournament over the weekend. And I can't believe how awful my body has felt since. And before it's, yeah. it's unbelievable, but there's a, but though you looked pretty freaking good though. JR. <laughs> I did play pretty good. actually. It was very slow. It was very slow, very slow, but that's a but great was, speed. Isn't it though? Cause you can do more. So you can go be that's, a little crafty. You can put the, you can step on the puck and pull it around a guy's yeah. skate that's or a guy's stick. Literal toe drag. That is that is <laughs> trending everywhere, my man. That was an unbelievable move. So we body so fun. bodies so in rough fun. shape today. You know, it's so you know we played three games on Saturday, and it's like the first game I was I, I think I scored like five goals, and you know we and then two goals the next game, and then like eight assists. <laughs> the last game it went from goals to assists. Uh, but you know, the body was really, really hurting on Saturday, Sunday, I woke up, I had to roll out of bed, knees, awful back, awful. Have you ever played, have you ever played in a men's league, um, at all? I have very, 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 very infrequently. I probably played in a men's league probably three times. What I did do at one point during the, uh, during the, um, the pandemic in 2020, I did play like three or four games with the alumni, uh, the Coyotes alumni, and um, just three. I yeah, probably three games. And by the third game, I was skating down center ice and literally toe picked. Nobody around me. I fell straight forward on my face, and then yeah. I missed the net. I missed the net all by myself, by four feet on a snapshot from the slot. And I turned around, skated right to the locker room, took all my stuff off and said, fuck this game. I'm not playing anymore. And then I hadn't played again since uh, for like a year and a half, almost two years before I started, before I played again. It's funny. I've put my equipment on once since I retired. And um, how did you feel? How did you feel? Did you feel like well, when I no, when I put my equipment on, I was very recently retired like um, like maybe maybe a year and i felt unbelievable i i, I felt great 
I felt like really? I could fly because I'm playing against alumni guys and, and other guys that were older and this and that. And there, there were, I remember one of the guys in the bench kind of looked at me and said, what are you doing retired? You should still be playing. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I still yeah, remember yeah. that. That's the only time I, I, I wore my, my full equipment. And uh, I've always, um, I've been asked here in Buffalo and I know that there's tons of guys that listen to this podcast um, know exactly what I'm talking about and probably probably play in the league here in Buffalo. It's a men's hockey league that I was asked to play in probably every single year for the past 10, 11 years. I've been asked many, 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 many times. And I've always turned it down. And the reason for that is uh, these men are batshit fucking crazy. Absolute fucking lunatics. Yeah. The guys that are going to listen to this right now literally are smiling. They're smiling because they know how ridiculous this men's hockey league is. So I know a guy that helps run it or runs it, and he's having hearings with guys that are spitting in each other's faces, guys that are biting <laughs> like i mean it is it is a shit show you got these guys yeah. playing in a simple fun or it's not fun it's not a fun league it's 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 the thunderdome and it's guys that are just getting out obviously that pent up anger and aggression from life in general or whatever the hell they are because i don't want to be a part i know i want to play hockey but I don't want to be a part of an environment where I'm eventually going to cross check some guy's teeth out and smash my stick over his head and then get sued for it. So it's like, I, I choose to literally not play hockey anymore. Yeah. That, and that's a lot of places, you know, people that never made it to the league or people that had aspirations to play or thought that they were the best player growing up. And then all of a sudden they're playing against the next NHL guy. And this is their opportunity to show everybody how good of a hockey player I am. And they turn it up and they skate a million miles an hour and they, you know, they attack you when you have the puck and, you know, try to show how great they are. I, I don't need that whatsoever. And by the way, it was like that last week in, in Canada a little bit, because you know how Canadians are about their hockey. It's pretty crazy. How they uh, how they attack and how they get so excited for these games, these alumni games and these men's league games. For me, just putting on my equipment gave me hives. Like I literally, my skin crawled putting my equipment on. I hated it so much. Now, once you get on the ice, it's a little bit different. You know, you start playing. It's 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 you know it's enjoyable, but I fucking hate putting equipment on i can't i can't my literally i i i can i can feel myself cringing right now thinking about myself getting dressed on saturday i don't even own equipment they had to get equipment for me from some other people so i only I have shin like, pads skates helmet gloves is, is that i don't have pants, you, shoulder pads i just have, I just have got rid of skates. everything I just have gloves and skates. Exactly. I'm getting so worked up right now. Sorry, Riv, you're you're chomping at the bit to say something. Go ahead, but I'm going to tell you, I'm getting really worked up right now. I'm going to tell you why in a minute, but I'm getting all all furious. <laughs> well, tell us why. Oh, you put your put your agenda on hold because 
because every time I've gone out to play men's league, I've I've only ever gone out there. You're thinking, man, this is gonna be great. You go 25 percent. You know what I mean? Throw snaps and pucks around. You know you're gonna score because fuck, my hands are incredible, and <laughs> it's true. Jerry, we played in that three on or that five on five tournament out in uh, yeah. Phoenix. That was fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I'm unbelievable in those settings. Like that is my that's my setting. If there's no contact hockey, I I swear to God, I'm like Lemieux. That's your jam. Every time I go on the ice, it's like I just I go pick up, I lift somebody's stick because it's fucking easy, because I'm strong as an ox. And then you got these. There are so many men's league assholes. So many, and they all want to say that they. Oh, it just it drives me nuts. So every time I go. I end up looking like the asshole because I literally am about to pummel somebody because they're being a fucking hero. Like I'm like a school bus out there. Kind of sounds or I'm like, like you're a fire being a truck. A hero keep, yourself though. Keep back 150 meters. What's that? I said it sounds like you're being a bit of a hero too. You just fucking told us that you're fucking Lemieux. That's only when the opportunity I know your game, personality. Listen, man. The game you're from a panda bear. You're a little juicy, cuddly panda bear when you're talking like this, and then you get on the ice and you're a fucking grizzly. Okay, that's the way you are. <laughs> you're gonna be like, I'm gonna fucking show everybody that I was skilled, that I did have great hands, that I can <laughs> blow a puck past the goaltender, and then you laugh at him. <laughs> exactly, who you are. I, you know it too. Oh, in a in a charity good. game, yes, hey, but in a men's league game, a, no. You're just a fucking hypocrite, Petey. You're just a hypocrite. That's you. All shut you are. the fuck up, okay? Because <laughs> you shut the fuck up because your your text messages last night about the Truba hit. You guys are just a bunch of old. You guys are the fucking goons, not me. Oh, you listen to you, listen to you, Mister Pajama Boy over there. Yeah, totally, oh, you can't hit it. You can't hit somebody like that. That's too hard. Well, Rip, oh, we were just we just spent the first twenty seven minutes of the show talking about bodies and injuries and concussions and all this. Well, we didn't talk concussions on purpose, but we were talking about injuries and all this shit and guys playing through stuff. It's like, you know, well, you got guys getting go murdered all over the place. What? Well, then go be then go be a lawyer. Go sit behind a desk and fucking read. Don't fucking play hockey if you're worried about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck. Go be a librarian and fucking stack books. You know? You're a I just player. don't understand. And, and- I don't understand why. Listen, listen. Do I, do I see that hit and I love it? Yeah, I see that hit and I think it's incredible because there's an art behind it. And, you know, and you know how hard, you know what? It hurts just as much to hit a guy sometimes as it does to get hit, right? So, it's not like Truba is is not getting hurt, but all I'm sitting and banged up. But all I'm saying is, fuck, like, you know, the game has evolved so much. We know, like, Jr. Look at your body, Riv. Look at your body, and all I think to is like, oh my god, is it worth it? Okay, okay. And so here's another thing. Here's another point. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but if I can go back twenty years and say how I feel now. What I know now, if I had to go back 20 years and say, would I play different? The answer is no. I would play the exact same way because I know no other way. Now, what I would do different is I would, if I, when I did get hurt, I would probably 
make sure I was healed first before I came back or Thank make sure you I did very, or, very much or make sure that I, when I did have a concussion and I knew it, that I stayed out long enough to make sure that everything you know healed. I'm going to tell you right now. I now look back and I think Vladimir Malakoff was the fucking smartest guy in the league. Now, and a great guy, and a great guy. Phenomenal. Phenomenal teammate. Go ahead. Okay. You lost me there, but go ahead, JR. I'll <laughs> let you have your limelight there. But no, I'm, go gonna, I'm just going to say, Vladimir Malikov, the guy was not 100% after an injury. He waited till he was 101. Okay. Mm-hmm. 101%. Then he came back. And I sit there and I think, I think about him. I swear to God, I think about him because I watched him so many times just baby his body to health, which was just to me, made me irate back then. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, he's probably running marathons. He's probably doing probably whatever he wants physically. He's probably in great shape probably, right now. Yep. Because he was an absolute freak. One of the best defensemen that I ever played with. He is an absolute freak of nature, his body. And uh, he had injuries, but they, he never came back one day early, one day early. And I hated him for it. But I think back now that he's, you know, probably 50, 51 years old. I'm probably, I, I think about him because I think about how he treated himself and how he needed to take care of himself. And I think, I think to myself, Maybe he had it right. Maybe he was the one who had it right and I had it wrong. Maybe the mentality that I had was clearly not the right one because it's not because yeah. I'm, I'm now 47 years old and it, it, it is, it is every, it feels like almost every second day that something is bothering me, whether it's an elbow, whether it's a hip whether it's my knee or my shoulders or hernia or wrist or cheekbone yeah. or head or yeah. it, it, it's yeah. constant. Like, I don't yeah. know if you guys ever get this. I don't know how many times you guys broke your foot from, from a shot or something, but I walk around and there are days that I will wake up, put my sandals on and start to walk. And I literally cannot flex my foot because it feels like it is broken. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but the that. funny thing is every morning. It'll only last, it'll only last a couple hours. It's the weirdest thing. It feels like my foot is broken. I have the same thing. I have the same thing, Rev. When I wake up in the morning and I start walking, my feet hurt so much, even in my heels and the arches of my feet. Once I get going, it's okay. Once it loosens up, my going down the stairs, I have to hold a handrail first when I first get up because the knees are just shot. They don't bend properly. And now, right now, what I have is I have a sciatic problem where I have on this left side of my thigh, okay, from the hip to the knee is a constant needling sensation. It's constant. It never goes away. It's almost like needles are sticking into my, my thigh. And then every once in a while, if I move really weird or something happens, a knife hits it. And yeah. you put a and put your foot out straight in front of you, put your put your toe up, and then put your chin to your chest. Give me one of those. Put your your 
does that fire down to your it's it's just constant pd so like yeah like i had never, that's never, your never, that's a herniated yeah. disc in your lower back yeah it's it's this, my sciatic that it's and i do have um i do have a degenerative uh disc down there that is it's a little pinch on the left i've, I've got the mri and everything but literally my thighs are my thighs are numb all the time and now I have this needling sensation in the left side of my leg that will never, that never goes away. It's 24 seven. If I rub it, it intensifies. And then all of a sudden I'll have a knife stick into it and I'll go, and I'll, it'll come back. And it's all the time. It never goes away. And it's like, you got to learn to live and deal with this shit. But I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to go to surgery because my back really doesn't hurt. I can swing a golf club. Fine. I skated over the weekend. But it's, it's a, just annoying as hell, man. It's, it's very, driving it's, me crazy. Yeah. It's a very interesting philosophy there. Well, you so, know what? I, I wanted to kind of like just go back to kind of what we were talking about and get off how shitty we feel. But talking about Seth Jarvis, we were, we're on this text chain. We got uh, Geo and, and, and Vanner uh, and, uh, and JR, and we were all discussing that hit last night, that Truba ended up laying on on Seth Jarvis and we talked about is that a clean hit do you think that's a clean hit and Andrew who does not want any physicality in the game of hockey anymore <laughs> believes that that was a dirty hit I, I no 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 or, no, no, or, no, no. or a wait, hit that's not needed is what you said wait wait a second wait 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 see this is the problem you well, i'm giving you a put, chance to you, you said you said headshot you said headshot i asked the question i didn't i i asked what you guys were seeing okay that's all i wanted to know then i asked is is that necessary the puck is already gone like so so you, true, you don't but, finish your check yeah. Yes. The the mindset of hockey says finish that check, but I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, long-term here, does he need to go and run that guy over to, to, to make a point? That's all that, like, it was a great hit. Okay. Look, I could, yeah, was it at that point? You know what that point? You know what is that it point a made? tad bit late? I mean, it's like right on the line. It's right yeah, on it, the line. In slow motion, it is, but not in real time. It's not. Well, but that's the problem with the game, Jeremy. The game, the, the game is so fast. So exactly. when you, I so know you know. So what, what are you saying, though? Thomas Vanek said it best. He said it's a good hit. Said Jarvis was admiring his pass, which you learn that from yeah. a young age. You don't admire your yeah. pass. You got to yeah. be aware. And he also said, have some awareness of who's on the ice. Now, yep. here's the thing. And by the way, let me add to that before you keep going, Riv. And you learn very quickly, as Eric Lindros has proven, you don't come over the blue line and cut right to the middle with the puck. You stay on the outside. I mean, not smart. Go ahead. <laughs> All things that you're taught, you're taught to finish checks. You're taught to not to be going into the middle of the ice with your head down. And, and once you make a play, you're going to sit there and watch your pass. You got also got to know who are you playing against? You also have to know who's on the ice because right there, that is going, you're, you're going to protect yourself from injury, knowing who's on the ice. Cause there's certain guys that do not hit. There's very few guys that hit like uh, uh Truba Truba six foot three, 215 pounds. Seth Jarvis 
is 5'10", 175. These two guys collide at full tilt. One guy's getting hurt. And it's not going to be Jacob Truba. Truba. <laughs> you know, when we, you know, we, we, we went back and forth on this all night. And Petey, you did a great job. You know, whether you were poking the bear, which I know that you love to do. But the voice of reason ended up jumping in there. And that was Brian Gianta. Way later in our conversation, he basically said the hit was completely legal. And he went on about how he read it and the whole shoot match. And I'm not going to read the rest of it because he was throwing F-bombs at UP. Well, listen, this is is another. That was was towards you. This is this is another situation, too. It's game. It's (laughs) hey, that's another situation. It's game seven. It's game seven. You're trying to you're trying to send messages. You're trying to get the best situation to win hockey games. You don't think that everybody on that bench saw Seth Jarvis get hit and be like, oh, my God. Seth Jarvis went out of the game. They lost him for the rest of the game. You don't think that the New York Rangers, you think the New York Rangers were worried about Seth Jarvis or felt bad for him? No. It's game fucking seven, man. You, you need to have every aspect of intimidation and, and physicality and uh, the head games that you possibly can. How about and, those and ranges? I'll you, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Carolina was fucking terrible last night. They played the worst game that they have played in the playoffs, and they played probably the worst game they've played in two months last yep. night. And why? And, and they're studs at home, absolute yep. studs at home. Yep. So and they they were not mentally ready, and they were not physically ready. Mentally more so than physically. Because they made the worst decisions of all time. The penalties that they took in the first period were stupid. And it cost them. Well, cost the, them. the New York Rangers are defying the, the methods of analytics. The analytics people out there were like, the Rangers are going to go down. They all had Pittsburgh, the analytic darlings. Eh? And down they go. And you got the Rangers now just moving on i absolutely guys, i absolutely great, love it point do you think analytics really work in hockey not in the playoffs when it, when it comes down to it right not in the playoffs because analytically you can't you can't tell somebody how they're going to go into the corner at full speed to take a hit make a play get a pop analytics don't tell you who's willing to do what correct in hockey Find me that well, stat of the guy wrong. that who's you're willing. Wrong. You're wrong because the analytics in the analytics show that certain players are probably more willing to do certain things. That's why they're not being scored on or that's why they're, you know, scoring more goals. Like, like when you look at um, Joe Pavelski, the analytics do not show that he's literally the fucking slowest forward in the National Hockey League. But the analytics do not show that he is in front. He, the analytics do show that he's in front of the net and he scores 80, 90% of his goals within five feet, three feet of the net. He is willing to go to the front of the net. The analytics show, they don't say that he's going to the front of the net, but the analytics show that he's having success. You get, yeah, you but get the, what I'm saying? Yeah, but do the analytics show 
a, yeah. a, a forward that's going to race into the corner before a defenseman and take out that he where he knows he's going to get smoked. Yep. Just to make sure he gets that puck first. Or Maybe. is he going to be like? Or is he going to be like we've seen a lot of players go in and see and feel or see a shadow? And hey. kind of pull up and let the defenseman. Next, next Jr. Rivs is going to tell you that yeah, it does in uh, in puck possession time. <laughs> that's that's exactly what <laughs> oh, it's going to show. Off. Get out of here! No, you you just proved my point right there. Yes, no. that's showing that that player is harder on the puck on the forecheck going in to get the puck because his analytics are going to show that he has more zone time in the offensive zone. Oh, uh, uh, what stat is that? Is I, that uh, forecheck forecheck analytics? I'm not against them, think, okay? I, I just I'm think, just saying just that don't so tell me that they are the way of the way of the world because when it comes to a certain style of hockey game, analytics don't they don't okay, tell well, the story. I'll, I'll tell they don't they so don't know, but what you're saying is what you're saying is all these little things, well it doesn't uh, tell you that the guy's going to forecheck properly. Well, it actually does tell you because this guy has more zone time, so he's probably doing the right things. What analytics do not show you is what's happening in the dressing room. What's happening on the bench? What kind of person and player is this guy, you know, and how does he interact with his teammates when adversity is, is hitting? These are, these are things that analytics don't show, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a perfect example. I think, I think hockey, there's too many dynamics to say that analytics is the end all be all. um, I don't think, I don't think, first of all, I don't think analytics are the end all be all, but I think analytics Absolutely, should be looked at. Yeah, you know where it didn't help. You know where it didn't help. The Arizona Coyotes hired Alex Chaika ten years ago, who is one hundred percent analytic guy. He was not a hockey person. He was coming out of baseball, and he was the ultimate analytic GM. Okay, that was there specifically because he was a professor and an absolute genius at analytics. And you know what he did for the Arizona Coyotes? Fucking nothing. His analytics were shit when it came to hockey. So, yes, I do believe that they that there are certain situations and there are certain players that you can analytically determine who is going to be there and who is going to show up. John. But I, I, but I just don't think it's – is it John Chaika? John, yeah. 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 See, again – I think he, he also he also took, he, did, he did make a, he did make an impression. Well, he 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 left a sour taste because didn't he do all the testing with the prospects and cost him a first round pick and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah yeah yeah. It was, anyway. bad, it was just a bad situation all the way around. But oh well. Yeah. But hey, I'm happy for the Rangers, man. I am really happy for the Rangers. I'm happy because I I love Chris Drury. And you know it's it's an original six team. I mean, I've I've always liked the Rangers and see them that was that were sp- supposed to be going through a rebuild. It's the fastest rebuild I've seen in the history of the National Hockey League. I pulled up that letter that went out to the fans the other day. It was like it was like 2018. That's what I mean. Yeah, 2018. Yeah. Now here they are, conference finals. Can you think they can? Can with, they with win? the pandemic with the stoppage of, of the season? Yeah. For the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm I I really do feel like the Rangers match up well against Tampa Bay. 
Yes. Probably probably worse situation for Tampa Bay than than Carolina, I think. Yeah. Because they can it, run and gun. They can how, run and gun. Do we know if uh Braden Point has any chance of coming back? We don't yet. Yeah. I think they're gonna keep that. I don't even know what I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what happened. It was weird. It looked like it was hip flexor or hip or something like that. I don't Knee, even know. Knee, hip flexor, ankle, you know, you name it, hamstring, abdominal. He, he could have just tore something, and uh, they're probably keep it under wraps. But I'll tell I mean, you, we haven't seen Tampa play for what ten days. She's they've had a lot of lot, lot of time to get ready here. Yeah, I think that's needed for them, though. I mean, after two Stanley Cup wins, long, long uh, seasons. And, Great point. Uh, Great point. Great. You know, point. listen. I mean. They have the best goaltender in the world in Vasilevsky, but I'll tell you, uh, Shesterkin has played wow. Um, wow. quite well. When you look at Tampa Bay's size, physicality, um, players that are able to defend, they 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 are they are strong. And and when and you poise. look at how about the you, poise? How about the poise too that they're going to have? Yeah, they're not going to they're not going to be. They're not going to be um, uh, flustered, no matter right. what the situation is, at all. But I, what I, what I like about the Rangers is Rangers themselves have the size and physicality. Keandre Miller, um, Truba, you know, even uh, a twenty-year-old Braden uh, Schneider, who's uh, I think he was a first-round draft pick. Yes, he was nineteenth overall. You have uh, Lindgren, who I think I think he is just a tough, tough as nails. Know, tough as nails. And, and he might have, he might be uh, he might be questionable. He left the game. He's been playing with an injury, yeah, and he, he got hurt back. again he last night. I know yeah, he came, he came back, back, but but fuck, I mean, at what percentage is he going to be? And he's crucial to that team. Yeah. Well, you also have you also have Andrew Cop, who we talked about being one of the one of the great yeah. deadline acquisitions. He's a big, strong kid. Well, that's hard. when when you go to the defense. When you look at the goaltending, which is you know Shesterkin's was the best goaltender in the league this year. And you look at the defense. I know it's young, but they're loaded. You know Adam Fox and Lindgren and Keandre Miller, Truba, the Schneider kid's twenty, but he's a big physical kid. And then you have a, a veteran, um, you know, in in uh, in Justin Braun. And I didn't even know who who their sixth guy was, but. Then you look at their forward line. They have game-changing stars, and uh, uh, Temi Panarin, um, you know, uh, a Chris Kreider, who's like, I mean, the guy's an absolute beast. Zabanajad, how good is, is Zabanajad? He's like he, they're game changers, and you know, and he, he he reminds me a lot of Drysidle. He's very, so effective and doesn't look good doing it, right? Yeah, so so effective, crazy. And that's never what would makes, have thought he would have turned into this player. I was messaging yeah. with someone about that the other day or last night, actually. Never in a million years would have thought he would when he was in Ottawa. Oh my God, this is it's yeah. incredible for the Rangers. That's what puts the Rangers on a different scale. You start to look at them where they have the 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 size and physicality, and they've got uh, Adam Fox on defense, who's just a wizard with the puck. He plays mm -hmm. a ton of minutes. They've got great goaltending. And then you look at they've got game breakers on the forward line offensively. But you know what they have this year? You know what Chris Jury went out and got? He went and got, got out guy. Ryan Reeves. 
Ryan Tough Reeves guy. plays 12 minutes and 20 seconds of ice. And I'm going to tell you right now, he calms the waters because when you have a guy like this on your team and you have toughness on the other side, there's a lot of people that have spidey senses going. I'll be very curious to see how tough Pat Maroon is this series. It that's where I'm going. Pat I can't Maroon wait to see how vocal I can't wait to see how vocal the big rig is. Um, you know, when uh, you got Ryan Reeves on the other side that could absolutely rip his head off. That's well, did what you I'm see Ryan Reeves? About. Did you see Ryan Reeves at the end of game six? Totally terrorizing, even though they're winning. Totally terrorizing Smith and everybody else that, and they didn't want to go near him. And and it's such a great point by you, Ribs, because not only do people feel more comfortable on the ice knowing that there is a policer around, but when it get when they go into that locker room and Ryan Reeves who's been to the final, who's, who's played for Vegas, a very successful team. If he stands up and starts yelling at the, at the boys, you think someone's going to challenge him in that locker room? Not a chance. Not a chance. Guess, guess who else is back playing river? You already know. Yeah. Barkley Goudreau. You know, this is another guy mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, he was a hot acquisition, uh, last year at, uh, you know, um, unrestricted free agency. And, and you had the Rangers jump on him because they had the skills. They have guys that can put pucks in the net. They need physical sandpaper type players. And uh, he, he's, he's a huge addition mm-hmm. for their team. He's not going to go out and score every game. He's, you know, he's, he's, it's the way he plays the game. He, he played 16, uh, 51 last night. He is taking key face-offs. He's a big, physical, aggressive hockey player that's hard to play against. He's fast, you know. Chelly, Chelly, Chelly. Um, last night on television, um, compared him in a in a sense to Guy Carboneau, kind of like the guy who does all the all the crazy, like the the stuff that you don't want to do: kill penalties, win face-offs, block shots doing that that stuff that doesn't get the attributes in the in the paper the next day right and i mean granted it's a different level but you can understand kind of the similarities right yep you need players like that uh, drury was criticized for signing him for that contract too they're like too much money 3.6 but you know what he had 33 points this year and he brings an element a mental edge too which i think you know, a lot of people can't, a lot of analytics don't show that, right? right? Like analytics don't night. show somebody being uncomfortable or making someone uncomfortable. How many black shots? How many black shots? How many black shots did he have last night? Oh, I don't Six, know. I'll check. I'll seven? take a look. Um, Sick. Can I, can I just say something about Chelios before we switch over to, to the excitement of the caller? We know you got to go to, we got the, the interview, but um, he's dumping no, us. But I want to, I want to, I want to, we got to stop and then go. Cause I, this is there's too much going on and oh, okay love, all right jr I love, wants- I love i love talking with you guys this is my one of my favorite parts of the week jr <laughs> wants to go along i love it um all right I, like chelly for a sec because he is he's unbelievable on tv okay he's, he, he's very good he's he, very good. he and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this honestly and i know who all the panelists are okay i know who everyone is around the around sports he is must see tv Everyone else can go. I'm sorry. I don't care. It, it's so bad. It's so bad. But 
Chris Chelios makes watching hockey games and intermissions tolerable. More than tolerable. He that. makes he makes it enjoyable. You're not like yeah, uh, Messier. Um, I, it's Messier. I I love I love these I guys. I, I love I love those two together. I just think Messi, I, I think Messier is a little bit more reserved than Chelios is. I but it's Messier and Chelios. I mean, how are you not sitting there watching these two icons? Like, you, you know, I watch Gretzky on the other channels, and I think, man, that's that's not the role for Gretzky. Like, in my opinion, I could listen to Wayne Gretzky talk all day long, but it's just it, it's to hear him in in sporadic moments talking about it. He doesn't. He doesn't, I don't, he can't analyze the game. He never thought like any of these guys. He played the game completely differently. So, so like, I mean, he's not sitting there going, well, what I would have done is I would have absolutely sauced that backhand pass back door to the guy, but these guys can't do that. So, I mean, they had to make that play like, but he's, he's not saying that. So it's just, I don't know. Sorry if I'm too critical, but. You no, brought up Chelios, and Chelios is incredible. You. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think they do. They do a very good job. You know, you know the TNT guys is more loosey goosey. You know, talk about other things. I think Talkit really tries I love to. Ta- get I love Talkit. Yeah, Talkit does a good job of trying to of really getting down to to the nitty gritty of of plays and how teams are playing because he's a coach, right? He looks at the game as 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 he was a coach, and I think he does a great job of of doing that. Um, you know. Anson wants to be too cartoonish, um, you know, and even though I think Biz does a good job, he goes off, you know, to, you know, to try to get fun, you know, funny reactions, but it's, yeah, but it's I not mean, hockey. It's but not again, hockey. though, again, though, you, you know, listen, I, I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate what Biz is trying to bring to. Yes, 100%. That, but it's. And, it, and by it the way, becomes, he does, he, he does, he does come up with a lot of really good solid points yeah. that that we would do and when biz gets serious and he talks the game of hockey when he's serious he is spot on with his analysis i think yeah what and and this is just me and i i could be completely wrong in my assessment here this is just my opinion i think you need to know your role and right now biz is a uh uh, a fourth line guy in and out of the lineup and he wants to play like the superstar. He wants to be showtime. And I don't think it's, I don't think for me, he needs to allow, I think talk it is, is a huge, huge part of, of that. And sometimes there's so much joking around that you lose the interest in how well they know the game. Yeah. Right. Or what? Or or what's happening in the game that you're watching? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, totally I forgot about talking. It. It's like listening to a coach. It, I mean, it really is yeah. when when he you know because I think he will end up coaching again. I mean, and he he, will, he almost sure. he almost I hope he gets he almost a Philly talks job. that way. I hope he gets a, I hope he gets a Philly job, man. I don't know if that Philly job's been filled yet, but why God, would you want that, that job? Great... The only way I would take that job. And this is just me. If I was a uh, guy who coached in the league for 15 years and knows the ins and outs of the games, I would only take that job job under one condition. You know what that is? That they completely tear it down and rebuild it. Because where are they going with what they have there? Well, I don't think they have any other choice, Rev. 
Well, you know what? I mean, you just sign Rasmus uh, Ristolainen to a five-year deal for twenty-five million. You've got you've got players on that team. It's you know Couturier is a fantastic player, really really good player. I would trade him in an absolute heartbeat. I would start to tear that thing right down to the right down to the to the studs, and and start all over. Have a coach, Rick Talkett, come in. And basically say, listen, Rick, you are, not, you are not on a year to year. I need you to have a mindset that you are going to be doing this from three to five years, minimum, yeah. minimum. And I build want a culture, to right? Build, build a culture. Even though you're losing and you're going to lose a lot of games, just build the environment where the losing does not become okay, but you know you need, you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot in the next five years. But build, build something, you know, and, and, and be patient. Like Rick Tockett needs to understand that if he, if he takes that job and they tear it down to the studs, that there's going to be a tremendous, tremendous amount of, of losing. Why but would they interview to- Torts for that then? I mean, like that doesn't be the last guy in the world I would have for that job if they're tearing it down. Would you want him for any job or I mean absolutely. Yeah, for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So he's yeah, not so so he's not the mindset that's so far past that you can't go back. Like do you think he will get hired again? Torts is a two-year two-year deal coach. Get him get him a super high-end team. Have him like come in there. Like kick the shit out of those guys. They're going to probably hate him, but he's a damn good coach. He is a fantastic coach. Yep. They, need, yeah. they need a team that may have um, an environment at the rink. Maybe it's a little too loosey-goosey. They need a guy that's going to go in, tighten things up real, real, real solid, and just, a, um, you know, put, put some pressure on these, on these superstars and not be afraid to put the pressure on them. Well, I, I asked this question and it's, it's not, I mean, I think John Tortorella is one of the most brilliant minds that hockey's ever seen. Okay. Not the most brilliant, but I think he's brilliant. I mean, there's no question, even his philosophy and how he gets his players going. But I go back to what he said about the Oilers and McDavid and all that. And the high scoring run and gun. And I just think, well, here are the Oilers advancing on to the, um, you know, third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs and Connor McDavid has 26 points in 12 games. So I just wonder if he's coaching, is he trying, is he affecting that in any way? When I, when I think of John Tortorella, you know, you're, you're asking the question, if he, if he goes and coaches the Edmonton Oilers, is he going to stunt the growth, stunt the 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 mindset of Connor McDavid? And my my thought is absolutely not. I mean, Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. You know, there's not there. John Tortorella doesn't have a secret that someone other coaches do not know. There's different styles in which coaches prefer to play. But a lot of that depends on, I think, what type of team you have. I think John Tortorella would understand if he has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I think that he would understand that you have to let these guys go. 
You have to allow yeah. them to do what they do, what they do well. And I think you're exactly right because John Tortorella is a very smart coach. He's a very smart bench coach and he, 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 he knows the temperature of his players and, and how to treat, how to deal with them. Some players need to be, have, have firmer, firmer voices. Some people you have to grab by the, by the, by the collar. Some people, some people you don't have to motivate. And I think Tortorella has, has a good, good knack of knowing who needs to be more forcefully um, persuaded to play hard and who doesn't listen he won the stanley cup in tampa for a reason because he let richards go he let uh le cavalier go he let sit martin st louis play the way they did i if if <laughs> you can't tell me that if john tortorella was coaching the leon dreisaitl and mcdavid they would say hey listen guys you guys got to change your game you got to change your game because it's not it's that's just not working. No, I think he said that on television to go against the grain, to spark a you know. I don't think he really believed that. Yeah, I don't think he really believed sort of like the Zegers com- the Zegers comment about how it's bad for the game. That's a little bit different. I mean, I can see John Tortorella not liking the fancy bullshit. I can see that, but not not in the way that you play the game like. Connor McDavid plays the game. I can see John Tortorella being old school. He doesn't like this, you know, the scooping and the lacrosse goals and the between the legs stuff. And he, he's not a fancy player like that. Yeah. But he is an effective, effective player coach. Do you know how many coaches Connor McDavid's had in, in the NHL so far? Okay. Do you? Yep. You know. Four. You know the number. Is it four. Okay, I'm gonna t- so it, I'm gonna say it's uh, four coaches. It's four. Okay, I was gonna seven guess years, five. four coaches. Four. There's four. That's crazy. Who are they? So you have um, Tippett. You have McClellan. Uh, McClellan. Woodcroft. Now, now Woodcroft, and um, wh- who's in Anaheim? Dallas Eakin. The defenseman. Dallas Eakins. No. Really? Ken Hitchcock. Well, that's it's it's remember there that? for that's right. Ken was there at the end of his career. That's right. I heard he got uh, stuck in a cold tub one time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true? I heard it's true. I heard it's true. I heard he got stuck in the cold tub. He's like, Help me! Help! No, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything, but that 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 I mean that possibly could happen for sure. <laughs> I actually uh, heard that too, to be honest with you. Yeah. On a, on yeah. a side note, but listen, I mean, where, where I'm going with this is Connor, Connor McDavid had uh, four coaches: Todd McClellan, Hitchcock, Tippett, and Woodcroft. With those four coaches, have they prohibited Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl from playing offense? No, they haven't. Okay, good answer. Um, well, you, you have all these rhetorical questions. Just fucking answer them yourself. They're, they're exhausting. Okay. But, I mean, when it comes to John Tortorella, do you think John Tortorella would stunt Connor McDavid's no. offensive no, what, no, output? What, what, what John Tortorella would do is he would motivate, he would, he would try to motivate the second and third line. Okay. That's exactly he would, he, what he would do. 
yeah, he he would be there trying to make sure make make Nugent Hopkins play the way that he played in round three. Okay, because he played the best hockey he's played in two years in round three, Nugent Hopkins. He's gonna keep Yamamoto playing with his aggressive and, and get to the net more so he can be more effective scoring rather than just buzzing around the ice being, you know. Um he's gonna praise the shit out of out of um Hyman who had an amazing series, who was a difference maker, I think, behind the big three. Um, that's, that's how I would see it. I don't, I don't, he would keep those guys accountable on the, third, on the second and third line. And Jay Woodcroft coached these Oilers past this Colorado Avalanche team that everybody had pegged to win the Stanley Cup because they're a monster. Well, listen, it's, it comes down to can, can they beat them? Can, because now you have Colorado who is stacked on a four-line four team that has four lines that you just roll over that all produce. You have very good defense, very, very good defense on all, all three pairs. Goaltending is suspect. That might be the one thing that hurts them the most. But if you're – if you're Colorado and you know you have to shut down two players, if you shut down two players, your chances of winning dramatically, dramatically increase in percentage-wise. Right? I mean, this can. I mean, they're playing a different team than Calgary. Now, can can Edmonton win? Yeah, they can win. Do I think they will? I don't think they will. I I'm picking Edmonton because I I want to see it. I think this I how uh, you're going sto- with your heart. You're going with your heart, not your head. Then. Well, you know what? I I think maybe maybe there's some of that. What do you think about what McKinnon said? Where he's like, uh, you know, he he talks about uh, doesn't really care that he's playing McDavid or whatever. Just basically, all he's worried about is hopes it draws viewers and helps the escrow. <laughs> I love how he brings the business out. It's right here, actually. I'm watching it. It's on the NHL Network right now. Um, he has He's to care. He's yeah. full of shit. He's full of shit. You think McKinnon's what, just, full, just think- playing games, Jr. or what? No, I don't think he wants. I don't think he wants to bring himself. I don't think he wants to bring the attention to himself of playing against or sparking mentally a Connor McDavid mentally. You know, it's just like you don't say something in the paper about another team going into another game because it's going to aggravate the other team and give them more of a reason to fucking shove it up your ass. So I think, I think McKinnon's being very smart by saying, I'm not going to get fucking Connor McDavid all riled up by going into a one-on-one confrontation with him about who the best player in the world is because he might come out and just fucking beat us all by himself. It's possible. Right? Which, is, which is probably smart for McKinnon. Don't give Connor McDavid any more reason to be fucking brilliant. Period. Yeah. Is Don't that bullet? So, I mean, so what you're saying is the bulletin board material is real. I think so. We, I mean, I, I remember being in the, in the locker room during playoff games and my coach put an article on the, on the, on the board and outlined a quote by, the, by a player from the other team. Just to just to get us all just all riled up in the locker room, getting ready to go out, whether to pound the shit out of that guy 
or just to win. Most famous right? bulletin board quote that I've ever heard of was Dan Bilesma talking about shaking Scott Stevens' hand after he wins the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember that? You remember hearing that? That made Dan Bilesma famous, and then then he goes and wins a cup anyway as a coach. But anyway, um, that's the most famous bulletin board material I've seen. I, you know, these these guys are they're all they're all robots. I mean, McDavid just basically pulled the same shit in his. He's like, oh, you know, all the tremendously talented players, you know, they're going to, it's why they're in the position they're in. That's why they're here, you know, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I, again, again, this is, this is why the, the National Hockey League wants a squeaky clean image. They want, they don't want any controversy that no player wants to step above the team. Stay here, stay there. Don't say anything that's controversial. Don't give the people something to really get excited about because you can't wait. No, no, like when I went, went head-to-head verbally with Patrick Waugh back in 96, there is no more of that banter back and forth because everybody wants to, wants to stay under the radar. They want to be – They don't want to be responsible correct. for fueling the other team. Like whatever. And I know you guys yeah. don't like the NBA, but that's what I love about the NBA. There's so much shit talk that it's like – it makes the games more fun because you know guys trash talk on the court. It's it's unreal. Hockey's so well. It, they bring it on the ice too. Boring in that regard, I mean, Petey. They they bring it on the ice. Yeah. What okay. Fair say, enough. What, fair enough. What, no, but, Fuck. All right. Say, no. 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 What I'm saying is you're right. You're exactly right. I'm not saying what you're wrong, but what I'm saying is when you do have that banter off the ice and that verbal challenge off the ice, it it. It grows the you know the intensity and the matchup on the ice, right? So use it. Who are you, you know? taking? By the way, don't don't be afraid. Hey, to can I ask you out. a question? Well, hold on. Jr. was saying something. Well, don't say, finish what you were saying. I just say, don't be afraid to stick your neck out yeah. and and challenge yourself to overcome a challenge that you're creating. Like if I was Connor McDavid, I would say. I'm going to show. I'm. I'm going to show who the best player in the world is. That's and, what Michael Jordan helped. did. That's why I loved Michael Jordan because he was like, you know, it's easy to yeah, shit McKin- talk when, when yeah, you're McKin- up. Yeah, but- McKinnon is a great player. He's one of the best players in the world. But my my job is to go out there and show him who the best is. Oh, that see what a quote that would have been. Oh my God, that right? would have blown the roof off everything. What's your question, Riff? You're putting us on a time sl- time limit here. Is Leon Dreisaitl? A hockey hall of famer right now, mm. right now with what he's done in his career, he's going into the hockey hall of fame. I think he's, I think he's scratching it. I think he's scratching it. Cause you, you remember how he came in, he came in, you know, going up and down to the minors three or four times. It wasn't a very smooth beginning. No. And he just found his niche. And by the way, a lot of people are going to say that Leon Dreisaitl is doing what he's doing because he's playing with Connor McDavid. So there's going to be a question mm-hmm. about that aspect. No, can, so can Leon, Leon Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl has 558 games played, 254 goals, 616 points, plus 22. He has 206 penalty minutes. How old is he? 26 26 turning 27 in october 
So, so I'm going to compare him to a player played uh, 34 games less. Guy played 524 games, had 267 penalty uh, uh, goals. 596 points, a plus 117, and had 624 penalty minutes. So he played 34 less games. He had more goals. He had yeah, who a few less assists. He had 80, he had almost 100 more pluses and 450 more penalty minutes. It wasn't Burry, was it? It was Jeremy Roenick. Jeremy Roenick at the pretty much the same point in uh, their career, in your careers, your you I I I took you at 524 games, and he's at 558 games. So you're 34 games less. You had uh, 13 more goals than he did in 34 games less, and he had 20 more points than you. Well, see, so plus, that, that, he was plus so twenty two. You were a plus one hundred and seventeen. So it goes. So it goes back to my answer again. He's 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 scraping the cusp of it, right? Because what happened to me in the second half of my career, which was which was tough. It was a tough road for me, for a lot of different reasons. Um, this probably probably the main re- one of the main reasons why I'm not there right now. So is he, is he, does he have the potential to be? Absolutely. But we'll see what happens when he's not with Connor McDavid anymore. Yeah. But yes, he's, he is, his, his numbers are hall of fame worthy to start his career or in the, in the depth of his career. His highlight, right? Yep. His, so good question. It's a good question though. Who are you picking but, JR before we get out of here? I take Colorado. I take Colorado. I just think they're too deep. I just think they're on a mission. Um, I talk to uh, I talk to Eric Johnson quite often, um, you know the defenseman on their team. He, he the confidence and the things that he tells me that's in the locker room. I just don't think they think they could lose. I think the confidence is brewing. Okay, all right. So you're taking Colorado, and who are you taking? Tampa, New York. I'm gonna take Tampa. I've I've <laughs> I've picked every team that Tampa has played. So far, I've taken the other team. Well, except Toronto. I took Tampa and Toronto, but I took Florida, and they just embarrassed the shit out of my pick there. Uh, too much too much pedigree on that team, especially if, if Braden Point comes back. Okay, Riff? Uh, Colorado all day long. Um, I, I like the goaltending in Colorado. Solid. But I like, uh, you know, the back end on on uh, Colorado, I think, is uh, they're mobile. They they really move the puck well. And, you know, there's just so much firepower. McKinnon, Langeskog, Rantanen, Kadri. They have so many guys that are playing exceptionally well that it's going to be a tough team to beat. But, Don't forget that Russian. Don't forget that Russian, Barakovsky. That's good. He's a good hockey player, yeah. that kid. Yeah, Natushkin's playing well. He's got seven points yeah. in ten games. Um but I'm going to tell you, I think Connor McDavid and Slash, like, I've never seen a guy not get enough credit. Like, Leon Dreisaitl has 26 points. You know how many Connor McDavid has? 25. 26. 26. 25 to 6. 
We don't even talk about Leon Dreisaitl with how amazing this guy is. The guy is an absolute stud. And yep. I believe with, with Evander Kane inserted into this lineup and Nugent Hopkins playing a great brand of hockey and Hyman playing very well, like these, this Edmonton team, if their third and fourth lines can really, really pick up their game, they're going to be. And Mike really Smith, oh, come Mike, on, Mike Riv. Smith. You're such Wait, a Mike fence Smith. sitter. Pick a fucking winner. Oilers. Mike Fuck Smith. you, Oilers. Mike. Mike Oilers, Smith, I'm, I'm going with the Oilers because of Connor McDavid, good. Leon Dreisaitl, you got, you know, they are rolling right good, If Mike Smith has to play a little bit better than he did in Calgary series in order for them to win, for sure. And, I, you know, it's not a bad pick. And can, can I just say something real quick about Dreisaitl, what you said? Nobody, everybody's talking about Edmonton winning and Connor McDavid making the winning goal. But the pass that Leon Dreisaitl made on that play was a fucking work of art brilliance in terms of where his body position was, where Connor McDavid was in his vision, where the puck was coming around the boards, and he was able to make that pass and put it on his on McDavid's stick. If you watch that play alone, the pass was a hundred times better than the shot. And he did it on three different plays he set yeah. up goals that that game so i totally agree with you yeah Riv on he, he's, point. he could be the most underrated guy in the league and he gets 100 points every year 50 goals and, and on the rangers tampa side you're taking tampa riv this is another i i think the rangers are are Jared, really, did you hear me ask him for analysis or just a pick rangers thank you <laughs> <laughs> It's just so exhausting. I mean, it's right, I'm PD, like, okay, PD, what, who you got? I, well, you know, I'm riding the Rangers, the old blue shirts. I'm going all the way through They're They're right. okay. And I'm taking the Oilers. Like, so, all right, so listen, so listen, I got, I got 50 since we're both of all of us are, since I'm on the different side of you guys, I got 50 against each of you for each series. Sorry. Okay. Can't do that. Both unemployed and, uh, uh-uh. It is what it is, Jr. Right now, yeah. But you know what, Jr. I've been gambling my whole life, so I'm in. All right, all right. All right. Then how about this, Riv? My whole life is a I'll gamble. Take, I'll take the fifty with Petey. When I come to Buffalo to do the show, you're paying for dinner for if if or you're paying for dinner if you lose. Absolutely. Well, that's Jared, when given, you come to Buffalo, I am taking you. That's going to cost more than fifty bucks. We are not. We are not going bucks. out for some fancy schmancy Jr. Oh, Super California. We are going bar, for wings. We're, go- we're going to the Anchor Bar, baby. We are <laughs> taking you for the greatest wings in Buffalo. We'll tell you where they are when you get to town. But not, whoever's going to pay us to come there. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect anything less than to go into Buffalo for some good old wings. Yeah, sure. that's what we're doing. That's it. That's it. Was there right, anything boys, that was there anything that you wanted to say before we go? Nope. That was a great show. I'm glad you guys allowed me to come back in and just hammer out the show. This is awesome. Look at this guy drinking with the straw out of the glass. Like such a pampered life over there. Hey. It's my wife's <laughs> stole it from her. She doesn't even know it. JR, go back to the end of episode uh, 108. Okay, we had uh, Gianta and Vanek on. 
Go back to the and and listen. I think we should do one with with all of us and the, from that group chat one day. Maybe after the after the cup final, we'll get on and we'll ch- talk about the playoffs, all of us. But uh, go back and listen to the end of one hundred and eight because Craig tells the most unbelievable story that you won't be surprised by, but just the most unbelievable. Why, story. why do you say that? It's, that's unchar- <laughs> that's uncharacteristic of me, and I made a bad decision. I don't regret it whatsoever. But you, you hold on. You made a bad decision to tell a story. No, he made a bad decision to tell the story about the story that he made a bad decision about. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know what oh, you think of it. I'm going right now. I'm, going See, I'm telling you, there's certain things that you need to keep. You know, JR, you tell me, you tell me if you think this story is one that should have been kept in the vault. Okay. Okay. All right. Fast forward to the last five minutes. It's episode 108 with Gianta and Vanek and it it may be six minutes and slowly creep up to it. But it's when, when it's when, yeah, we're talking about ribs escalate. I'll get it. I'm going right now. You're the man. Thanks for your time. Great show, everybody. Great show. Yep, absolutely. We'll see you. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.